Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. You know, the weather's getting warmer, so I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually... Actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. quince. But it was a little chilly out, so I threw on my cashmere hoodie. Also from Quince. Ooh, mm-hmm. okay. It, it, like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking. I, I'm going to toot my own horn. Effortlessly chic, whether it's winter toot, or toot, Kate. or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from thirty dollars. You got washable silk tops, really stunning fourteen karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. Hello, and welcome to Forever 35, a podcast about the things we do to take care of ourselves. I'm Dory Shafrir. And I'm Kate Spencer. And we are not experts. Hey, but we are two friends who like to talk a lot about serums. Kate, did you say nay because your nickname is Horse? <laughs> I, I, you know, it's funny. I said nay as in like N-A-Y. No, nay. I know. Yes. But the other day, Sammy and I, Sammy was helping me and we were on the phone together and they were walking me through like a tech thing. And then as we said goodbye, Sammy just went, nay. (laughs) 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 And it really made me laugh because Sammy does consistently call me horse and Kate horse. Um, They do. They do. They've really (laughs) held on to that. My childhood (laughs) name that I gave myself. If you don't know, when I was a child, I was told by my parents I could pick a middle name and I chose horse and then they did not let me have that as my middle name. So 
Anyway, welcome to the show. Welcome. Welcome, one and all. We are glad you're here. Dory, take it away. Well, I was just going to say, as a quick reminder, that all the products and anything else we mention on the show, those are always linked on our website, forever35podcast.com. Just click on over to the Episodes tab, and you'll find the episode right there. Also, I want to put in a plug for the G Thanks Just Bought It Facebook group. It's very helpful. As I discussed on the show before, I got a lap desk thanks to someone's recommendation on there. It is facebook.com slash groups slash G thanks. Dory, are we still talking about our listener survey? Yeah, why not? We'll okay, talk about cool. it one more time. We'll mention that we are doing a listener survey. It just helps us learn about you. And and we're yeah. nosy. You can find that at www.survey.fan slash forever35. And it, it's a huge help to us, honestly, um, to have you share a little bit of info about yourselves there. So we really appreciate everyone who has done it. Thank you so much. Yeah. And that will be linked in our show notes as well. Um, and we have a voicemail number, 781-591-0390. It is also a text number. If you want oh to send us some texts and our email is forever35podcast at gmail.com. And uh, I did want to shout out that we are doing an Instagram giveaway. So Follow us on Instagram at Forever 35 Podcast because you can enter to win a set of today's guests' delightful books. Tolly Hebert is on the show today. She's a wonderful romantic comedy author. I we just Dory and I both love her books. We had a great convo with her, and we are so yeah, delighted. She's really to be cool. Doing a giveaway, yeah. So please check out our Instagram and enter that. You will not regret it. No, you won't. (sighs) (sighs) Dory. Well, well, well. Guess what I am about to do this week? Tell me. I'm Uh, dying to know. Well, I'm going to be turning my home into a school. Oh, well, well, well. Somehow. I don't, I, I'm, I would love tips and tricks for how any other parents who are doing full time distance learning in their houses are making their spaces conducive to learning because in my experience, like my children's classrooms are always like organized and calm and clean and, and and they're filled with like delightful colors and information. And those are not my areas of expertise. I'm a total disaster. I'm very disorganized. I'm very messy. Like I'm kind of at a loss for how to, replicate a calm school I mean, environment for my kids like you're not going to be able to right like we should just kind of accept that you right? know that's a good point maybe i should not set myself up for failure here yeah i think cut yourself a break i guess what i'm searching for is like how how does one create an environment of learning and attentiveness and joy and whatever else school is supposed to be. Can I ask a question? Mm-hmm. Are are your kids going to be in the same room all day or are they going to be learning separately? I have separated them because we, okay. we tried the same room last year and it was just like Zooms blasting and headphones hurting ears. Right, right, and right. So... They each have a desk that I've purchased from Ikea uh, in their bedrooms. I want to shout out this Ikea desk. I forget the name, but I will link to it because it's a great kid desk. 
adjustable legs. Um, mm. mm-hmm. Gotta love an adjustable leg on a desk because it can grow <laughs> with the, the person. It's true. It's true. It's a, it's a good it's a good feature. So they each have a desk. I'm uh, my husband and I are going to be taking like days turns on days so that we can also be because we both work full time. It's a whole thing. Um, so like we'll be monitoring back and forth. Um, but yeah, otherwise I don't know. And like, also, is it bad that they're going to be in their bedrooms learning, like sitting amongst their like dirty underwear on the floor? I mean, I just, I don't know any other way to do this. It's not like I live in a home with like plentiful rooms that can be, be right. used Multiple as classrooms. classrooms. Yeah, like I'm, <laughs> I'm working with minimal square feet here. Uh, so, you know, I know there are other parents out there doing this. So like, how are we doing it? Are we just all agreeing like it's going to be a shit show and let's just roll with it and like embrace the shit showness of it all and just like get through it because this is what we got to do? Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of leaning towards the latter, but I also don't have school age children. So I feel like I'm going to take a back seat in this conversation. Well, I don't think that that eliminates your your opinion. I think anyone can weigh in. I welcome your thoughts. I mean, it's not going to be like regular school. They're not going to be learning in the same way. And I personally just feel like if they're reading and they're like curious about some things and learning some maybe like basic math principles, (laughs) maybe you'll help them with a science experiment or two. I'm going to have you come over and teach them. This sounds great. It's kind of like, I don't know, they should probably spend some time outside. Yep, we're going to do that. Yep. And maybe do some art. Maybe you can do some art projects. Um, and uh, yeah, I kind of think like, call it a day. I just know like how tired I get from like a 30 minute Zoom meeting. Yeah. Are they going to be on Zoom for hours? Like, how is that working? It is a lot of on and off Zoom. So I think the schedule that my district has landed on is like 20 minutes of Zoom instruction, 30 minutes of independent work, 20 minutes of Zoom instruction, 45 minutes of that, you know, so it's kind of back in in and out all day long, which is very different from what we did previously. And like, look, you know, I I know I I don't know. I can only imagine and that the teachers and our school administration has put like a buttload of work and thought into making this work. Um, totally. So I'm sure they're I already mean, thinking I about guess, it. I guess like one thing that just occurred to me is like, okay, in the like 20 minutes of independent reading or whatever they have, like maybe that's a good time for them to do the reading like in the living room or, you know, good somewhere idea. else just to kind of like, not be stuck in their bedroom at their desk all day. That's a good idea. My daughter asked if she could run laps around the block <laughs> for PE. I was like, yeah. I'm I mean, for yeah. <laughs> Great. She was so excited. She's like, when we have PE at home, and I was like, uh, I'm glad you're thinking about this. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, shout out to all the parents who are walking this path. It's wild. Yeah. It's truly wild. It's also like it's going to evolve. You're going to adapt depending on how they are operating. And like everyone's kind of muddling. I mean, I guess the the consolation is that everyone's muddling through it. This This is true. It's not like it's just me. Yeah, exactly. And I will say like I have deep 
deep gratitude for living in Southern California, where even though the San Andreas Fault is like rattling up a storm right now, like at least it will be warm in the winter. You know, you, you yeah, totally you take that's, what you can that, get. That's huge. That's the trade for sure. Anyway, how are you doing over there? You know, I'm okay. Um, I actually wanted to talk about something that I would love our listeners' advice on and your advice too. Um, so Matt's birthday was last week and like without going into too much detail, cause I don't, I don't want to like rehash it, but like I kind of whiffed, like I kind of, I didn't do a great job. I felt like I was the spouse that like someone makes a Reddit post about. <laughs> oh God. Like the, am I the asshole post? No, like, like a relationship subreddit post. Like my, my partner, like, did a shitty job on my birthday or something. You know what I mean? Like I kind of felt like it it I might be exaggerating and maybe it didn't rise to that level, but like I I didn't do a great job. And now and like it all came out over the weekend that he was like pretty bummed about it and now I feel really bad and he's totally right. I did fuck it up. And it's also like a perfect example of our different like love languages and upbringings and expectations around birthdays and how like showing up for your partner means like really being like attuned to their needs. And not like doing it the way you've always done it. Exactly. So hard. Um. And it's not like we just started dating like six months ago. <laughs> like we've been together for like six years. Um, so I'm kind of like, oh, I fucked up. Did you so go away? Well, let me ask you this. Going into it, did you know, like, did you have that feeling where you're like, oh, I'm not nailing this? Like, you know how sometimes you kind of know? You know, I had the feeling of like, oh, this is kind of a bummer. It's like, it's, it's a pandemic. I'm so stressed. But like, I, I worked really hard to like find him this present, but it's not going to come on time. And I'm like bummed about that, but I said something to him about it and he seemed cool about it. So I'm going to like get him a card from Henry and like, I'll just tell him that like his presence will come later. And like, he says he doesn't really care about presents. So like, it'll be fine. And like, (laughs) I just didn't like, like presents aside, I feel like I didn't really like make it a special day for him, like at all. And it like the, the thing that I'm like, about is like, it didn't even occur to me. And then I'm like, oh, I'm a horrible person. Okay. okay. Like, no, no. It wasn't mm-hmm. like I was like, I'm deliberately going to make him a shitty birthday. <laughs> it just like didn't occur to me. Well, I think you have to cut yourself some slack here as you just instructed to me because we are in a pandemic. Yes. It is, this, is a, this is a time of great stress for all. So we may not live up to our previous selves all the time right now. Yeah, but like I I mean I kind of have a track record. Like this is this is like not my love language. Yeah. I struggle with this. And there have been years where I've like knocked it out of the park and then there have been years where it's been like oh. <laughs> Well, that was a letdown, but like I feel like this year just par- probably because of the pandemic and kind of the heightened emotions and like 
we never do anything. There's nothing like nothing special happens that I think he felt like a lot was riding on this birthday, mm. but I had not gotten that memo. <laughs> so, yeah. So now you are wondering, like, how do you make it right with your partner? Yeah. And we like talked it through. But I feel like there's definitely like lingering hurt feelings. And I don't, I don't think I can like fully make it up to him, obviously, but I feel like I need to do something. Do you have anything, like any idea? So what I was thinking, so one of the things that he was like sad about is like, I didn't get him a cake with a candle from the place that he likes. I don't know. It's a whole thing. Anyway, I was thinking I could get him the cake. And instead of saying happy birthday, because it's obviously not his birthday anymore, it would just say, I'm sorry. Okay. How do you feel about that? I like that. I would say maybe instead of the I'm sorry, instead of making it like a blame thing or a thing about how you fucked up, could it be like, I love you or like, I, w- I want mm-hmm. you to know, like, and so instead of making the focus, like, oh, this is yes. me, I'm, I made a mistake. Totally. Just make it of like, you are the best or like, you're. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's you know, good. So- something That's about good, them. Kate. Something about him. That's good. Okay. That's okay. Good. All right. Okay. I like um, the idea of the cake. The cake is good. The candle's good. Okay. So his actual, his like real present, the one that I've been waiting for is supposedly arriving on Wednesday. So I was thinking, I will make like a big deal about this present. Like I'll wrap it and put ribbons on it and like have Henry give it to him. Does he know what the present is? Because I'm dying to no, know. No, he, okay. okay. he doesn't. He doesn't know, know what it is. Okay. So that, so you feel like the present itself is good. The present, I, th- I think the present is very thoughtful. Okay. And okay. shows that like I was thinking of him and like, uh, yeah. Um, so I'm hoping that like he'll see the present and be like, oh, on the other hand, I feel like I have thought that in the past. And then he's been like, no. Oh, cool. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> this just happened with something I thought was so cool that I got for Anthony for Christmas this year. And then like the other day, he was like, would you be hurt if I threw this out? <laughs> like, oh, I guess I didn't. Didn't hit it out of the park with that one. It's just like sitting there. So I was like, of course I don't, I don't mind. But it's like, you know, you think you nailed it. And then it's like, oh, this person is like, they're so confused as to why you thought this was a good idea. They're just sort of like, yeah, they're just sort of like, well, this is fine. But like, it's not amazing. I also think in this case too, you know, I I think you could write out like, because ultimately you know, like it's about being together and expressing your love and gratitude for another person. And I think you could, you could probably, you know, either write it or do something like silly, like record a podcast, a pretend podcast episode about it starring you. I don't know, something dumb. Like, you know, like there are ways to do things that, that cost nothing, but really show one like that you're you know that you're trying and that you realize like oh sorry i realized this was important to you and i didn't get that and so i want you to un- to see that i get it and also that mm-hmm. you're important to me i don't know yeah it, it is tough some people i mean everybody's 
I mean, birthdays are just so loaded and personal. Mm -hmm. And like you said, I have to do so much with like how people were raised and in what environments and Mm -hmm. And like what, what value and or importance families placed on birthdays and like how they celebrated them and like, and how they continue to celebrate them. Matt comes from the school of like, you don't ask people what they want. You just like, like that's not that's not a, a gift. cool thing. Oh God, I couldn't, I couldn't. Which you know, as someone who struggles in the gift giving department, this is very overwhelming for me. Same. I mean, my family doesn't even do birthday gifts. Um, like my dad call, he sent me a card. I, I like, I, I just, yeah. I mean, I would. This would blow my mind. Yeah, this is, this is. I don't even really remember my birthday. Not, not that my parents didn't like c- celebrate me, but like birthdays, they just don't aren't important to. They aren't that important to me. And so it's hard. Yeah. So it's hard for me when somebody else takes it seriously that I have to remember that, like, oh, I should make it important for them because it is important to them. Even though, like, I don't really care about my birthday. I don't know what I'm saying, but I <sighs> think, like, I ca- I care about my birthday. But I also I feel like I'm better at like expressing how I want to celebrate my birthday. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like I'll be like, hey, for my birthday this year, like I want to go to dinner at this place. And Matt will be like, okay, I'll make a reservation. Whereas like Matt will give me nothing. And I feel like this year I just like didn't even ask. Like I was I was just so like in my own head and like it's a pandemic. Like, what are we going to do? And like, I didn't even, I didn't make it special like at all, which is kind of shitty. So, well, I'm, can I just say though, Dory, that the fact that you care is, is what's important. Like the fact that you recognize that like it didn't go well and you're trying to figure out a way to make it better, I think is what really matters. Okay. <laughs> you don't think so? <laughs> no, I mean, I think so. But I know, like, does I my husband think so? Time will tell. <laughs> I don't know. So you are seeking advice on this. I am. I am. I'm just, uh, I, I'm, I'm seeking advice. I think I'm going to get the cake. Get the cake. Do the cake. I'm going to do the cake and I'm going to do I love you and not I'm sorry. Yeah, I think make it make it Great celebratory. Advice. Oh, look at yes. me. Yes. Look at you. I'm going to get some candles. Is there also like a um a f- a food like a dinner or a So, meal? okay, so one of the things I had looked into was ordering Pizzeria Regina for him oh. from Gold Belly. Woo, woo, Boston. But even when I looked in like June, the earliest delivery date was like September. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I guess I can't do that. And then I just kind of like dropped yeah. the idea. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I would do it. Yes. I, I think you could also say like in your, if you write him a card, just be like, and also because I know you're, you know, like, because I want to make it clear that I love you. I want to celebrate you. Next month, we're going to have another night. And we're going to have a special meal. I'm not going to tell you where it's from. You know, you can make it not like it wasn't only available in September, but you could be like, yeah, yeah, I yeah, planned yeah. it this way. Right. Have a big Boston <laughs> night. 
Everyone could wear oh, their finest cute. Boston sports gear if you want drink Sam yeah, Adams. And then, and then like I thought of some stuff like too late. Like I was like, I know. Oh, this like, is yes. You know? Like I was like, oh, he had like arranged a poker game for one of his friend's birthdays, and it was like a surprise that he like conspired with his friend's wife about. I was like, oh, I could have I could have done that for him. But also like his friend could have done that for him and conspired with me about it, and that didn't happen. So <laughs> Blame it on someone else. <laughs> when in doubt. I'll blame it on someone I've never met. <laughs> um, anyway, yes, I would love to hear from people who have been in a similar situation or who have been the aggrieved party. Mm. And did you feel like your significant other sufficiently made it up to you? And how did they do that? I can't wait to hear what listeners have to say. You know, Dory, when I was 17, my boyfriend did not buy me flowers on our anniversary, our one-year anniversary. Ooh. And I got, like, really upset. And then the next day, he also didn't give me flowers. And in my <gasps> brain, I, had like, expected him to understand that he was supposed <gasps> to give me flowers. And then I had, like, a hysterical meltdown. And then finally, he gave me flowers. And then about, you know, a month later, he dumped me. But... Oh... <laughs> But it all worked out oh. for the best. <laughs> yeah. I mean, let's be honest. It yeah. worked out for the best. It's good. It's good we're not together. <laughs> right. Okay. Let's take a break. Well, okay. Let's take a break. And when we come back. It's Talia time. It's Talia time. All right. Be right back. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. You know, Dory, we talk to a lot of really fantastic, intelligent people on this podcast. But I don't know, maybe you're like us and you want to go even deeper. Mm, I'd love to go deeper. We like to go deep. And that's not only possible with today's sponsor, but also easy to accomplish on Masterclass. Every year I get really into the classes offered and the instructors offering them. Like, I'm all over the place with the things that I like on Masterclass, but this year I am very interested in the class Redefining Feminism, which is 14 lessons from Gloria Steinem. Okay. Now, they dissect issues women face in the U.S. and ways we can play a role in the feminist movement in our everyday lives. Look, I majored in women and gender studies in college. So this is right up my alley. But even if you didn't, even if you're like, this is the first time I'm I hearing mean, those words. I would argue, especially if you didn't. Yes. Get into it with Masterclass because this is the year you can really learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Go from just talking about improving to actually doing the things you've been wanting to do with Masterclass. And it doesn't have to be Redefining feminism with glorious dynamic. It can be gardening in your own garden 
or your yard or patio. It can be learning to cook Indian food or designing a space that you love. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master like negotiation with Chris Voss or think like a boss with Martha Stewart, or maybe capture your vision through photography with Petra Collins, Masterclass has you covered. With Masterclass, you get unlimited access to intimate one-on-one classes with the world's best. And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash F35. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash F35. That's masterclass.com slash F35. Kate, I feel like we are like barreling into summer. It's happening so fast. It is. And I feel like also with summer just come more social events. There's weddings. There's nights out. It's vacations. I mean, like all the things happening in summer. And what I love is that Honey Love has just the right thing for all those events. Feel comfortable and confident this summer with Honey Love's best-selling Superpower Short. The Superpower Short smooth shapes and lifts, giving you a flawless silhouette under any outfit with targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas you need less compression. It's designed to work with your body, not against it. Speaking of working with your bod, the crossover bra, which I'm wearing as we speak. I wear that thing every day. I do too. Uh, It's my favorite Honey Love piece. Let me let me just tell you why. Yeah, get or, into okay, it. Do you want to tell me why? <laughs> no, no. I was just gonna say, like, I, I, I don't even need to wear it to events. I wear it like the event is every day of my life. Yes, that's such a good way of putting it. The bra gives all the support of traditional bras without using any underwires. And just like sidebar, I have put on some of my old underwire bras lately and been like, oh god, like get this off of me. <laughs> No, thank once you. you. Once you start wearing Honey Love, you're just like, no, not yep. going back. You see how also, it could like, be. Yes. Also, like summer sweat under those underwires is like, ugh, the worst. Now you don't have to worry about it. Get the support you need with the comfort you deserve and treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market. Save 20% off at honeylove.com slash forever. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash forever. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started. So shape your life with Honey Love. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie, also from quince. Ooh, mm-hmm. okay. It, it, like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking. I, I'm going to toot my own horn. Effortlessly chic. 
whether it's winter or, or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. Our guest today is Talia Hebert. Talia, welcome to Forever 35. We're so thrilled you're here. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Listeners, we have talked about Talia's books on Forever 35 before, but if you don't know, Talia is a USA Today and Wall Street Journal bestselling author who lives in a bedroom full of books. She says, supposedly, there's a world beyond that room, but she has yet to drum up enough interest to investigate. She writes steamy, diverse romance because she believes that people of marginalized identities need honest and positive representation. And her interests include makeup, junk food, and unnecessary sarcasm. And Talia and all her many books reside in the English Midlands. I feel like your interests are going to align perfectly with our interests. So welcome (laughs) to the podcast. Perfect. Well, you know, it's funny when we were coming up with questions, I was inspired to kind of start with one that that dates back to when we first started our podcast a couple of years ago, but we don't always start with anymore. But I, I wanted to ask you first, what is one very daily or regular self-care practice? doesn't need to be anything big or fancy that you do for yourself. Um. I feel very odd talking about this publicly because feet are weird, but I put foot cream on twice a day, morning and night, (laughs) without fail. Wait a second. Okay, this is delightful. Do you put foot cream on in the morning and then like put socks and shoes on? Yeah, well, it depends what I'm doing. I don't leave the house much and even less these days, obviously. Um, But I tend to put my foot cream on in the morning. I put my socks on, um, which is quite nice and luxurious. And then in the evening, because I don't wear socks to sleep, I'll just put it on and probably grease up the bottom of my bed. I don't know. <laughs> what what inspired that practice? Is it something you've been doing your whole life? Yeah, I just have really dry feet. <laughs> so it, it started because, um, well, I used to dance um, and dancers all have messed up feet, but I was the only one who had like dry feet. So I didn't want to look like a weirdo. This is when I was a very self-conscious teenager. So I started putting my foot cream on. But then as I get older, it's just a really nice thing to do, you know, and a, a nice way to start your day or end your day. It's a bit of a hypnotizing action. What do you have a preferred lotion or oil or is there, there a go-to that you use consistently for? Absolutely, I do. Ooh. <laughs> Um, unless I am pushed into some sort of 
foot cream corner, I always prefer to go for the Soap and Glory foot cream. And ironically, I can't remember what it's called, um, but it's pink and it has a little French flag on the front. So keep your eye out for that, foot cream fans. Is it is it called... <laughs> now I'm I'm Googling, of course, Soap and Glory. Is it, he, is it called Heal Genius? Yes. Okay. That's it. Oh, this is a great <laughs> recommendation. We've never had this one on the podcast before. Yeah, I love it. It's my favorite. Well, I've gotten, you know, I, I've talked about this a little bit on our show, but I have been trying to put foot cream on at night and then put my socks on so my feet stay hydrated because like mm. there is nothing worse than a dry foot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there are, I can think of a few things, but like it's it's like a nice little thing to do for yourself that actually kind of transcends your daily experience. Yeah, it's a fun thing to do. And it's definitely purely like looking after yourself. You're not yeah. really doing it for anyone else. <laughs> have, has there, I know you've been quarantined like we have, um, have there been other kind of self-care practices that you've implemented or on the other hand that have kind of gone to the wayside as you've been home more? Yeah, um, I think that one thing that I didn't even realize I'd lost track of was I always used to keep on top of kind of doing my hair and then when lockdown started, I just completely stopped doing it. And it took me a while to realize that I actually quite like when my hair looks nice and it cheers me up. <laughs> so <laughs> I've had to start doing that again. <laughs> it's so it's so interesting to kind of the things that like taking note of the things that are daily practices that have changed during this time. There's so much that I used to do that I don't anymore. And I, I'm not even sure why it stopped. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Some things just, um, they don't seem to feel as important as they did before. Even if they kind of were, they don't feel that way. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Talia, you're a prolific writer and I actually, I did not realize how many books you had written because I've, I've read the two Brown sister books and, and Dory has as well. And, but you've self published books before these. Like you, you've been like, you are a prolific writer and you're also very, young you are a person in their 20s so i would i would love to hear more about your journey as a as a writer as as cheesy as that sounds um <laughs> what has been your experience from when you started writing and specifically writing romance to where you are today um well i started writing romance in my last year at university because I kind of realized that once I graduated, I would need a job and money that wasn't a student loan. So <laughs> I thought, well, I better figure something out. Um, and being a writer was kind of like a fantasy for me. Um, but you know, when events conspire to push you towards a choice that you might otherwise have not really dared to, to take, I found myself in that position and I thought, well, why don't I just write something? self-publish it, just give it a whirl and see what happens. Um, and what happened was no one bought the book and it was a complete flop. Um, but I really enjoyed writing it and I really enjoyed publishing it. Um, and like three people did buy it and it really excited me to look at the number three and think, oh my God, their eyes have been on my words. So <laughs> I just kept kind of going um, just because I enjoyed it more than anything. But then eventually it did actually start to make me money. So it it became my job. Um, so I was writing for, I think it was a year to 18 months before I decided to try and publish something traditionally. Um, 
and then the Brown Sister series got picked up and now I kind of do both. And you have a third uh, we should well let's first talk about the Brown Sisters books. And and I want to I want to mention that we have coordinated a giveaway. So our listeners will be able to enter a chance to win both of these books. Take a hint, Danny Brown, which is your most recent book, and Get a Life, Chloe Brown. Um, how did these characters come to be? Well, it all started, like the whole world was built around Chloe, who is the heroine of the first book. Um, I wanted to write a rom-com, you know, because the, the rom-coms with the cartoon covers were really blowing up and I was reading a lot of them and thinking, oh my God, these are so fun. Like, I really want to write something like this. So I settled down to definitely write something in that mode, but I realized that I wanted to make it about a heroine with a chronic illness because I have a chronic illness myself. Um, and it actually leads to a lot of funny experiences that you wouldn't expect. And I thought, well, that could be a great angle for a rom-com. So I came up with Chloe based on that. And then everything else about the series was kind of built once I had her in place. And you've, you've written these protagonists before too, like characters with autism. Um, and Danny is bisexual. How have these characters been received? Um, Especially as we are, as in the romance world, I'm a big romance reader. And as, as it pop culture and culturally starts to embrace characters beyond just like able white, white women, um, how have you felt like your characters have been received? Well, one of the big reasons why I used to think I could never be a writer is because the stories in my head have always been about people like me or people about like the people that I've grown up with. Um, and obviously I was kind of raised with the message from various sources that no one wanted to read about that. Um, but what changed things is, you know, as I got older and I could search for the exact books that I was looking for, I found that there were authors writing those books. And I was thinking, well, they're writing it. I want to read it. Surely we can't be the only ones. So I was kind of inspired by that. And I, it kind of empowered me to give it a try and do the same. So. I write these characters who often, like elements of their lives, are directly inspired by things that I've experienced. Um, and I think that makes it easier because if I do get negative feedback about, for example, oh, I couldn't connect to this autistic character, um, I can brush that off because I, I am autistic. So I've spent my whole life having people say, oh, I can't connect to you. And I really trained myself to think, well, that's because you're an idiot. And so now I can think that <laughs> about people who don't like the book as well. Um, now that sounds really terrible. Just people who don't like the book because, for example, the heroine has autism. Um, um, so, okay, go ahead. yeah, there has been kind of negative responses, but honestly, it's completely overwhelmed by the positive. Yeah. Um, I was just going to ask, Kate and I both love Chloe and Danny's grandmother, Gigi. Um, <laughs> she's such a wonderful character. And um, after hearing an interview with you in which you describe your own grandmother, we were wondering if she might have inspired Gigi and how kind of along those same lines, like how do you go about writing older women? Um, Gigi is definitely inspired by um, all of my grandmothers. I have three grandmothers. Um, I have my paternal, my maternal, and then a great grandmother who has now passed away. And Gigi is kind of an amalgamation of all three of them because they are really inspiring, interesting women who have all been very 
involved in my upbringing and who I'm really close to. Um, and I think because of them, because I've always had an awareness that they obviously are full and complete human beings and are also older women, I kind of rejected the idea in the media that older women are all a certain stereotype or they don't really have a life or they can't have like romantic inner lives, for example, and things like that. Um, so I think I just approach writing older women the same way I'd approach writing anyone while taking into account, you know, differences in life experience and the era they might have grown up in and so on. Have you ever considered writing a romance with an older woman as a protagonist? Yeah, definitely. I feel like, honestly, I feel like there is probably nothing that I wouldn't write in terms of characters. Um, and I do actually enjoy writing about characters who aren't seen that often. Yeah. Um, so I think that's something I definitely do. I do have people asking me to write about Gigi herself and I really like that idea. So yeah, I definitely think about it. Oh my gosh. Yes. Like a little novella. <laughs> about yeah. her her experiences or her life she's such a wonderful matriarch for this family that is like i do like to write matriarchs i think because that's how it is in my family matriarchs everywhere <laughs> i wanted to talk more about um writing about characters with chronic illness because that's that is definitely an underrepresented population in books what do you what do you kind of hope to see more of as a reader in romance in that I regard would just I would love to see more people who experience this because I know that actually there are a lot of us, you know, all over the place. Um, I would love to see us just being given space to write, not even to write about it, but just to feature it as a part of our characters' lives, the way that it's a part of our lives. Um, so basically just looking for a constant growth in representation. That's something I'm always hoping for. And I feel like it is happening. It is. I do. I, I see it as a reader. Um, and and I think you make a really great point. It's interesting. I was reading like a, a review of one of your books and the, the person noted how, you know, like for Chloe, she's fat bodied, she has chronic illness, but you never other these things about her and the characters in the book never other them about her. And I think that is what's so em empowering to see. Like there's no fe fetishization of these qualities. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, you know, obviously, a lot of the time in life, you meet people who will other those things about you. Um, and you have to kind of trial and error who's around you and get rid of the terrible ones. Yeah. But in books, because, you know, we can write, we can write and read whatever we want, and whatever makes us feel good. I just try to set up worlds where the terrible people have already been weeded out, and everyone's just chill. I wish that was how real life operated. Although, <laughs> although we can't, we can do that as, as adults. And I mean, as people, I do think that's also kind of important. Um, let's talk about, you wrote this beautiful long reads piece, um, about your experience living with, uh, hypermobile. Let me, I'm going to try to get this right. I've practiced, but hypermobile Ehlers-Danlos syndrome and navigating the medical system as a black woman and which included dealing with racism for medical professionals, people who dismissed you and said you were fine. Um, and this is a topic that has come up before on our show. And I'm wondering what advice you have for listeners who might be experiencing this in uh, as they try to get a diagnosis for a medical issue. Um, I would say that it's something that you really have to fight to get through. And while you're doing that, it can be so easy 
to lose track of the truth and really become convinced by the people around you that you are making it up or you are just an attention seeker or any of the other terrible things they try to say. So the priority for me is definitely taking care of yourself, reinforcing what you know to be true and having people around you as far as possible who are going to do the same. Um, one thing that I eventually started doing was kind of writing down how I felt when I felt really terrible. And so if I come back from an appointment with someone who's trying to tell me that I'm lying about what's wrong with me because I'm a horrible person, I can open the diary and read about how I was feeling last week and think, I'm sorry, I didn't make this up. This is real. And they're the ones who are in the wrong. And I think that's just really important. There's like a, there's, there's gaslighting that goes on in so many of these situations. It seems yeah, like. Absolutely. Oh, that's great advice. Um, the, the piece also kind of touches about, touches on your tattoos. <laughs> uh, can you talk about what the experience of tattoos has meant to you and, and what part they play in your own self care? Yeah. Um, I feel like growing up, I had this vague idea that I was going to get tattoos just because my mum is quite heavily tattooed. Um, so it just seemed natural to me, like, oh, my mum has tattoos. I'm going to get tattoos. But she actually was always against me getting them for reasons unknown. Um, <laughs> and it wasn't until I kind of decided that I wanted them for the specific reason of taking ownership of my body when I didn't feel super in control of myself. That was the first time that I actually cared enough to argue with her about it and to say, well, maybe you think I shouldn't, but I'm going to do it anyway. And that is actually how I knew that it was important for me to do it. If I care about something enough to argue with my mum, then it's it's very important. Um, <laughs> so I kind of the first tattoo that I got, I've actually now had covered up because it was atrocious because <laughs> I didn't do my research and I didn't want to kind of spend more money and travel further to get a really good tattoo artist because I was just so desperate to get something. And even though I have had the tattoo covered up so that it matches my quote unquote aesthetic, I'm still really happy with the tattoo itself because getting it was such a great experience. Like it just felt like I was making a choice that was 100% for me and that just could not be taken away or questioned or altered by anyone else. And that made me feel really good actually really makes me think about tattoos in a different way that it's not yeah, necessarily really yeah like it's not the thing you end up getting inked on your body that is the meaningful part of it which it can be for some people for sure um but it's the the process the experience and what that that means that really defines it yeah like i have some really trashy tattoos and i think that's fun but <laughs> what matters is the actual tattoo not for me not what it is <laughs> What, how many do you have and, and are you open to sharing the one that you, um, the first one that you got that you got covered up? So, um, the first one I got was on my thigh. Um, and I got it there because I had nerve damage that made that part of my thigh very difficult to feel. Um, and it made it difficult for me to walk for a long time. Um, so I got like a little moon design with the words pain fades, which was obviously very neat. Because of the whole chronic pain thing. <laughs> and I had it covered up just because it was a moon, but the circle wasn't very 
circular and that just bothered me. That was the only reason. So now it's an octopus, which is cool because it's a bit more metal. Um, <laughs> and then I, <laughs> I also have some flowers on the front of my right shoulder, which was the first joint I ever dislocated. I have a bird and some more flowers on my back. Um, Oh, yeah. And then I have the word icon on my ribs, which is because I was listening to a song, um, a Jaden Smith song, actually, because I am a music connoisseur. And he said, icon tattered on my torso. And I was like, that sounds sick. I'm going to do that. And then I did. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second. I want to know more about this music, con- the, the your music interests. <laughs> oh it's just like a I come from quite a musical family and it's a running joke that I have a really wide taste in music but no one likes any of it I know because I like that you just called yourself metal and then also just referenced Jaden Smith like that's a broad that's a diverse uh expansion of music what what is your musical interest like what are you drawn to um this is one of those questions where when I'm asked, I never have a very interesting answer and everyone's like, oh I my know. gosh, you're so full of it. I really like, um, I like grime. I'm really into American rap at the minute, but only by the women. I don't seem to like what any of the men are doing. No offense, guys. Um, I like metal. I like electronica. I like kind of indie music and like Tovlo and things like that. Um, I like R&B and soul. And I really like pop music. I feel like pop music is ironically underappreciated. Go on. <laughs> well, I feel like everyone's like, oh, pop music. It's just, you know, mindless brain filler. But actually, pop songs can be, pop songs are very carefully constructed. You know, they have a specific purpose and they want to make you feel a certain way and they just get right to it and they execute it flawlessly. I feel like they're quite similar to romance novels. You know, people are like, oh, it's formulaic or it's just supposed to make you happy. And I'm like, yeah, and it does a great job and that's skillful and it's worthwhile and I love it. Um, I just want to say I'm with you and that watermelon sugar song by Harry Styles. I don't know if you are into it. It's like such a brain worm. I, I think it in my head kind of all day long as I'm awake. I, I, I don't know. That one is haunting me right now. I don't know if that count, if he necessarily counts as pop right now, but oh boy, that one. Dory, do you know that song? Uh, no, I, I, I don't. It's very sexy too. It's, it's. Harry Styles. Well, is, Harry Styles is very sexy. It mm. is, and he's like very down with cons. He's he, very into consent, which is very sexy. I don't know. He's great. Which I feel like is a is read in the book is kind of down with consent. Both your, both the guys in the brown books are just kind of like. Can we talk about them for a second? <laughs> sure. They're. I'm like in love with both of them. <laughs> They're just both like kind people, and kindness is very sexy. And I. I was that intentional? Because I just, I love them both. Yeah, I think that's like my personal feelings tend to bleed into my work. And I personally feel that just being nice and just being really sweet to people and caring about people, I think that's hot. So my heroes tend to be of that bent. Yeah, I love them. They're both just such like gentle, kind souls. <laughs> the big brothers always get me too. That always is like... Yeah. A- 
that's always going to get me in a book. And did your experience with tattoos inspire um, Chloe's love interest read? He's covered in tattoos, if I recall correctly. Did that in- did that connect at all? Yeah, definitely. I kind of felt like Red has gone through a lot. And also, I feel like he's one of those people who has always had trouble, you know, maybe someone who's always been a bit sensitive, because he's very artistic, and things kind of stay with him and his thoughts and his imagination runs wild. And I feel like that kind of person can be quite sensitive. So to me, I was kind of like, well, as someone who has to comfort themselves a lot and is coping with things, would probably have tattoos, maybe. <laughs> I mean, that's just one way of thinking at it. But yeah, that's why I thought he should be into tattoos. And also because obviously he's an artist, so I felt like he would want to be covered in art. It's also just hot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that was definitely a fact. You know, like, it also is just like, oh, this adds to the sexiness of the person I'm imagining <laughs> in my brain as I read. Um, well, you, uh, Danny, the character of Danny is bisexual. And how, how did you decide to make her bi? And, and what is that, what was that like writing a bisexual protagonist? Um, I'm going to seem like super narcissistic because everything you bring up about my characters, I'm like, yeah, that was inspired by me. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I am pansexual. And so when I'm writing, if I'm writing like a straight person, I kind of find it a bit difficult. And I think my straight people are kind of poorly written because it's a difficult for me to write someone who is only into the, you know, agenda that isn't theirs. Like I don't naturally get that. So it is a lot easier for me to write someone who's bi like Danny than for me to write like Zaf who was straight. Mm. I don't think that's I don't think it's narcissistic at all. I think it's interesting to draw from our own life experiences in that way. Like because because you you get it so internally, I imagine. Yeah, well, I think the reason why I do it is because I don't have like the greatest imagination. So I just kind of pick things that are already in my head, if that makes sense, um, rather than just dreaming up someone totally different from me. I find that harder, which probably speaks to my lack of skill. I have a hard time believing you have a uh, a lack of imagination having read your books. But <laughs> I mean, I'll take your, we can take your word for it. <laughs> but like, I don't totally believe it. Um, there's one more Brown Sister book coming out. Do you, ha- have you been working on it? Where, where is it in the writing process? And are you able to give us like a preview of the story? Yeah, I actually um, finished kind of the final draft um last week and handed it in so now it's just in the copy editing and then the proofreading stage so I feel like it's basically done which is exciting um and as far as the story it is um enemies to lovers very much enemies to lovers it's a workplace romance it's forced proximity because they're working and living at a bed and breakfast Um, it's opposites attract because the heroine Eve, the youngest brown sister is very chaotic, very sunny. And the hero who she becomes enemies with, like at first sight is extremely uptight and he doesn't have time for any of her nonsense. And then also she accidentally runs him over. So then they're like really enemies. So it's a lot of fun getting them into the romance 
arena of their lives. <laughs> I feel like you just um, ticked off my personal favorite tropes. <laughs> I don't know, like enemies enem- to lovers. You oh. love en- enemies to lovers. <laughs> I love enemies to lovers. I love workplace. I love forced proximity. Like that when you said bed and breakfast, I literally like I just like saw stars. What do you have any fav- favorite tropes that you like to read or write? Oh yeah, I love tropes. Like whenever anyone asks about a book, all I can do is list the tropes. Um, so I really like writing forced proximity friends to lovers or people who have like known each other before the book starts and they have like a comfortable relationship. So like best friend sibling or something like that. And then things change. I like that a lot. My God, Dory, do you have tropes that you like? Um, I don't hate it. I like, I, I like enemies to lovers too. Oh, it's so satisfying. It is. I also, the one that you just mentioned, like, you knew you knew someone for a long time like your friend's older sibling and then you like relearn them again as adults like that every time i'm like oh boy i also like (laughs) best friends realizing they're in love Uh Uh uh-huh yes i love that (laughs) (laughs) oh well talia this has been this has been such a delight to get to talk to you um Thank you for coming on the show. And where can our listeners learn more about you? And of course, learn more about your books. Well, thank you for having me. It's been really fun. And um, if you want to learn more about me, you can check out my website, which is taliahibbert.com. Um, or I'm on social media. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at taliahibbert. And I'm always tweeting about books and posting books. And I have a Facebook page, which is Talia Hibbert, surprise, surprise. So I'm, I'm online, extremely online. As one should be right now. And um, I just want to remind our listeners that we are doing a giveaway of Talia's books on our Instagram. So head on over there. You will not be sorry for entering this one, let me tell you. Well, Talia, um, thank you so much. Thank you, Talia. Thank you. You know, we have been delving more and more into the topic of our skin as we get older and how we treat it and how we love it. Because look, as I'm learning in my mid-40s, as you get older, you deal with new things when it comes to your skin. Not that they're bad. They're just new. You know what I mean? Like I am now just discovering creppiness, Dory. Mm. Okay. Which is okay. I know. Visible on my (sighs) neck and chest. Luckily, it's a thing. It's a thing. Luckily, OneSkin, our sponsor today, knows all about things like crappiness. And I'm not overly concerned with aesthetics, but like I do just want to keep my skin healthy as I age. Totally. I love their topical supplements. They really help your skin feel. I don't want to say younger, but just vibrant, Mm. refreshed. They combine tissue engineering, data analysis, and cutting-edge longevity science to literally create the world's most effective product to help with skin aging. I am particularly fond of their face topical supplement. It's essentially a moisturizer, but it has their Mm -hmm. proprietary OSO1 peptide to really help with all the parts of our skin that are exposed to environmental damage. You can use it on your face, your hands, 
your neck. I know here mm-hmm. where we live in Los Angeles, our hands, we're driving. That sun is coming at us at all times. OneSkin believes the Amen. purpose of skincare is not just to improve how we look, but to optimize our skin biology so that it is more resilient to the aging process. They really create next level skincare. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and more importantly, acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code OVER50 at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code OVER50. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. Okay. I feel like if that interview did not convince every single person to read Talia's books that like we've done a bad job. Yeah. And I just want to say like her books are always delightful, but like right now, if you need a pick me up, her characters are just like funny and charming and sexy and real. And like, it's just her, they're hot. They're mm-hmm. loving. I mean, just get into it. Enter. I mean, look, enter the giveaway that we're doing on Instagram, but also just take our word for it. Yeah. Give our books a read. And it was yeah. so, it was really fun to get to talk to her because I've been, you know, cooing over her books for a while. And she was just so cool and so young. So cool. And so young. Yes. <laughs> so just brilliant. And, um, also, it's always fun we tra- talk to people in the UK or in Europe because it's like we were recording at 11 o'clock in the morning and then it was like, well, good night because <laughs> it's yeah. like eight o'clock her time. <laughs> totally. Oh, anyway, Dory, let us, yes, in- let, us in- let us intench. Let's intench it up. Uh, I'm, I'm looking. Hold on here. Sorry. Last week. Oh, my gosh, Dory. Can we tell the yes. listeners last week you set your intention of going for a short walk? We yes. like did the episode, we recorded it, and then like four hours later, I got a text message from you on a walk, like a photo, yeah. just a photo. Yeah. You yeah. had done it. You had done I it. I had done it. I know. I know. I was like, I really need this. And I've done it like pretty much every day. And over the weekend, I, I took him on like, I don't know, four or five walks total, like two or three walks a day. <laughs> You were like, I really got to get out of here. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, awesome. So it's been good. Um, and the weather has been nice. There's supposed to be a heat wave coming this weekend. So that'll throw a bit of a wrench in my walking plans. But, you know, I'll work around it. Did you notice a difference just in your mood or your spirits or like how you felt in your body? I definitely felt better just like mentally. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Even like definitely when I got home and then also like wh- even while I was walking around, I was like, oh, it feels so nice to be outside. That's so, awesome. Yeah. Um, but this week, so I feel like I haven't been drinking enough water, which I know is like speaking your language. I'm literally drinking water right now. <laughs> and sorry, I'm holding I, my cup. I have a 32 ounce water bottle and I want to drink three full bottles of it each day. I think that's a good goal for me. Yeah, that's a ton of water. It's a ton of water. Should I make it two? No. Do you think I'm setting oh. myself up for failure? Yeah, I think you could start with two. I think that's great. Okay. I mean, why okay. not how I'm many start why two. not start with one? I do one. 
Okay. I definitely do one. Start with two. Um, Go for two. I'll start with two. Okay. Okay. Great. Because also, Glad I think your, talk. your body, you're welcome. <laughs> but like your body, I do think it can be a big adjustment if you're drinking 30 ounces of water a day to all of a sudden be like, here's 90 ounces. Yeah. <laughs> you will be totally, you will be peeing. Um, that's great. You know, I love, you know, I love hydration to the point where I know, it's I know. a bit obsessive. So I honor this one. I can't wait to send you encouraging texts well oh thank you i also kind of did my intention from last week actually yeah let's hear about it it was to listen to more music and i actually like i did it and not only did i do it but i discovered that a musician who i love had released an ep in february and i had no idea like i've just even though i follow them on instagram it's christine and the queens do you follow christine Mm. I, I mean, I know, I know them. Oh, my God. Like, number one, I'm obsessed with them. Please follow them on Instagram for, like, sexy dancing and oh, really, okay. really cool fashion know. and, like, beautiful covers. And then, like, they're in France in a field dancing. But um, they released an EP in February, and it's so good. And there's a duet with Chris and then Caroline Pola... I think her last name is Polachek. Um, who I also really like that I didn't know about. So like, I just was like, how did this music come out? And I had not heard it. And I was like, I'm not listening to enough music. And then of course I've been listening to Taylor Swift. So I am getting better, even just putting on a Spotify, like daily mix has been helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, so because what I tend to do is either listen to podcasts but I don't get lost in a podcast. Like if I'm doing dishes, I just kind of am like lay on the couch and listen to it. Whereas the music, you can kind of get zoned out. So yeah, that's true. So that was nice. Oh, and also TSF Jazz, which was a listener oh, recommendation yeah. from the Here For You podcast that we did. I still listen to this jazz station and now I've got my husband into it. So TSF Jazz is a French jazz radio station that a listener recommended that is fantastic that you can just play online. And what about this week? Okay. This week, I am going to attempt some of the laundry tips that listeners have sent us. And then I shall discuss these tips further on another episode. Um, Most recently, I was reading an email from a listener that suggested that when they do the laundry, they like fold the item and then they immediately put it away rather than folding all the clothes and then putting away all the clothes. Mm. I was like, this is interesting. I don't know if mentally I have the patient, like if I can handle this, but that was going to be the first one I was going to try. There is like approximately 200 articles of clothing on my bed right now that need to be folded and put away. So I'm going to go through, look at all the laundry tips. A lot of them were like, put on a podcast that you like, but like, that's all I do. So I need to think of something else. I don't know. I just need to power through and setting a yeah. timer. So, but anyway, we've received a lot of great tips. I'm, I'm going to start trying, like just giving each one a try and seeing what happens. Great. That sounds great. I mean, my clothes are so wrinkled because I don't fold them. You know, and you just like let them sit in the basket for three days. Yeah. And yeah. You, like pull out a shirt and you're like, Oh, all right. Well, but I also feel like I'm not wearing clothes right now that like <laughs> get true. wrinkled. What are you wearing right now? Let's well, I, 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 okay. 
full transparency. <laughs> yes. I worked out right before we okay. recorded. So I'm wearing bike shorts, a tank top, and a sports bra. Dory, I am yes. also wearing bike shorts, a tank top, and a sports bra. No. <laughs> no, you're not. I swear to God. I am. I did not exercise. It was just what I was like. This is my outfit. Oh, yeah. my God. That's Amazing. That's what I'm in. Look at us. Well, hopefully everyone listening is also in bike shorts right now listening to this. Yeah. Yeah. I hope so. All right. Well, thank you all for listening. It's time to say goodbye. And also that Forever 35 is hosted and produced by you, Dory Shafrir, and me, Kate Spencer, and produced and edited by Sammy Junio and Sam Reed as our project manager. And we will talk to you again later this week. Bye. Bye.